Taylor, welcome back. We're going to backtrack a little bit and cover some week two. We wanted to do something different as we move towards this multiple episode per week setup. So we'll kind of move this episode along much faster and we're going to just jump right in. Taylor, you and I both picked the Seahawks to beat the Titans this past weekend. However, that was not the case. Inefficiencies on the offensive side of the ball for both teams. What happened? Well, we knew this was going to be a really close matchup. I think maybe we didn't necessarily know exactly how it was going to unfold, but this was going to be a really, really tough one to pick. Gave the edge to the Seahawks, as did you, just because we felt that what they had showed against Indianapolis looked a little bit better heading into this matchup with Tennessee. And obviously, Tennessee had a major dud against Arizona. All that to say, the Titans managed to escape with the win very fortunately, in my opinion, I don't think the Titans can sustain real success all season long. I think there were like six to nine drop passes from the offense or something like that. So I think that offense is still trying to get in rhythm without their former offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. And so it's hard to put my finger on the Titans, but I do think that they're not as good of a team this year as compared to who they were last year. I think we both felt that the Titans were capable of being much better this year as they were our pick to win the division. And then I was trying to kind of figure out where the Seahawks were, but I felt like the Seahawks have played some good football there. And I think Seattle should have gotten that win, but it didn't go that way. And the Titans managed to escape in somewhat of a gritty fashion there. So I'm still a head scratcher on that one, Cody. Absolutely. I really believed that there was going to be a pattern that was going to be picked up very quickly from our confidence picks that for the Titans, if one of their opponents has a capable offense, that they are going to come away with this with ease. If anything, it seemed like the referees were giving more points to Seattle with the controversial touchdown from Julio Jones where it looked like his foot was in, but they called it out. Same thing. It looked like Russell Wilson had a sack in the end zone that would have caused a safety and game over in overtime. Neither one of those plays were awarded in favor of the Titans. So it didn't seem to be going the Titans way. However, they still pull it out. One of the announcers, I I, I don't recall who was announcing it. They said, First and 10, do you give it to Derrick Henry right now? I yelled at my screen, feed that big man in the backfield. What else is there for an option? He ends up walking away from the game, 182 yards rushing, three touchdowns, six catches. Uh, On the other side of the ball, Chris Carson comes away with only 31 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Really kind of a quiet day for him overall. I mean, we still appreciate the two touchdowns as fantasy owners, but... Only 31 yards on the ground. Russell Wilson obviously just feeding it to Tyler Lockett for the second week in a row. 178 yards receiving off eight catches and a touch. Him and DK Metcalf have similar production, but Tyler Lockett really showing to be the superior pick as it is today. So my second pick that I just got smoked with, I admit it, I believed in reality the Pittsburgh Steelers were a better team than the Las Vegas Raiders at home That offense looked great against Buffalo, who was one of the AFC contenders last year, but the Raiders came to play, even without their stud running back in Josh Jacobs. Kenyon Drake was still able to perform, and Darren Waller is still proving that wonderful safety target, and Derek Carr over two games, I saw this, is over 800 yards passing, more than any quarterback over a two-game span in NFL history. 
On the defensive side of the ball, I loved the pass rush that I saw. Max Crosby was disrupting this entire game. Maybe there was a, a little bit of a benefit. We saw TJ Watt come out of this game around uh, late in the second quarter. That's going to create a whole lot of alleviation and pressure for that offense. But Henry Ruggs finally popping off with a big catch, his first touchdown of the season. And this offense looks like they're the real deal. I'm going to struggle this week in terms of where I want to place them in that NFL power rankings. I think you assuredly have to put them in the top half of the NFL going now. As we've seen year in and year out, though, both of these teams, Pittsburgh and Las Vegas, struggle keeping that momentum going forward. Taylor, you, you took a peek at this game. What, what did you see? Well, I mean, there's every reason to be skeptical as to both of these teams, especially with the Raiders, because this has been somewhat of a trend for them in winning games at the beginning of the year. But I must say, th this is some of the best football we've seen from Derek Carr since that one year where he was in conversations of being MVP that one particular year prior to his injury. Derek Carr looks polished. He looks good. He looks sharp. You're right, Cody. In, in every facet, this offense is, is flowing really, really well. I'm, I'm very impressed with the Raiders' offense as a whole. I feel like if you're a fan, as I know you are, you got to be really, really pleased with what you're seeing, even from Henry Ruggs. Uh, it looks like, because he's a first-round pick, looks to be really playing very well in what you would expect from a first-round pick. I've been really pleased with what I've seen just from him. In, in the defense, this defense has been really gritty as well. And so there's just a lot to like right now about the Raiders. It's also surprising just because you, neither of us really came in with much expectation of them. I think I had them predicted to get at least six wins on the year. And they just, but the way they're playing football right now is just really sharp and really good. And on the side of the Steelers, obviously TJ Watt going out with a groin injury, that's very significant to this defense. I mean, changes the whole tone of, of the Pittsburgh defense. But I'm also, I was happy to see Najee Harris get involved in the game. But I think Ben is regressing a little bit. Ben Roethlisberger, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I, this isn't... That endurance is going to be so mandatory for this season. And if we're yeah. already seeing a, a backslide in week two, we, we really got really to find some other... I mean, they still got Dwayne Haskins back there, so. Right. It's a long season, and I don't know, man. I, I, I just don't think we're going to see Ben Roethlisberger get much better beyond this. I mean, I, it, it, to me, it just feels and looks like, man, this has got to be it for him. I, I don't think there's the best football ahead of him anymore, and I don't think he's got – I don't think there's much more you can get out of Ben Roethlisberger going forward than, than what we're seeing right now, and that was probably a – a good reason for them to get a, a, a young, uh, potentially talented player in Dwayne Haskins, who maybe we recognize does have great throwing ability and maybe just needs the right coach in his ear, which I think Mike Tomlin is, is of incredible pedigree and probably the right man for him. So all that to say, I can't really figure out the Steelers just yet, but I come away really, really impressed with what the Raiders are doing right now. Absolutely. And there's no doubt that that Steelers passing offense is better with number seven in the backfield. Absolutely. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Smith Schuster. Absolutely. All heavily rely on the skill set that is available from Roethlisberger. We had a small setback, a little bit of sad news at the tail end. It looks like Deontay Johnson had an ankle injury yeah. at the tail end. You never want to see that. 
However, guys like Chase Claypool and Najee Harris obviously showing a little bit more than what you saw from them in week one. Taylor, you also had another beat from a team that you liked what you saw in week one. They beat a capable NFC opponent in the Vikings. You chose the Bengals to beat the Bears, but Justin Fields and that Bears defense had other ideas for how that matchup was going to turn out. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I, you know, it, I, sh- I should have known better. I should have known better. I'll just put it like that. The Bengals uh, come away last week with a real uh, nice win against the Vikings. Looked a lot better. Still, I, one thing I didn't point out last week is that Joe Burrow was sacked five times. And then in this game, he's sacked four times. So in two games, the Bengals offensive line has allowed their quarterback, Joe Burrow, to be sacked nine times. That's just inexcusable. But this also comes to, to no surprise to you and I whatsoever because we kept shouting at the Bengals that they need to go ahead and draft Panay Sewell with the sixth overall pick. And then instead they went with Jamar Chase. Now, I must say that rapport between Burrow and Jamar Chase looks great. He's definitely very comfortable and confident with this guy. But it doesn't change the fact that Joe Burrow does not have an offensive line. And if you can't protect your quarterback, how can you really expect to gather wins this year? And I was really impressed with the way the Chicago defense played. I mean, gosh, what a veteran group. They were, they were just on the attack and really pressured Burrow. I thought Burrow, though, despite not having the full protection that he needed, he played, he managed to make some great throws and play well, but the offense just couldn't keep things going. I mean, they couldn't stay on the field long enough. They managed to get points where they could get them, but I've got to credit the Bears defense in the way they played. I thought the Bears defense played a great job. And then we finally uh, got to see Justin Fields come in the game due to what looks like an unfortunate knee injury for Andy Dalton. Not really sure how, how what the severity is of the injury at this moment, but you know, Justin Fields did some very rookie things that he's obviously going to grow from and learn from. That's a lot of these guys. But it's just a complete total difference between the two from a standpoint of running with the football. I mean, Justin Fields is just an athlete, dude. And he made a, a crucial first down there at the end to, to seal the win for the Bears. So a lot to like going forward with the Bears, especially from your defense. And man, if they can get things corrected offensively, then there's there's some things to to look at that that might be like a hmm I, I'm I'm kind of curious to see how successful and how good the Chicago Bears can be the rest of the way. But I like the talent that's on the Bengals. There's still a lot of work to do there. It just is, and so I should have known better. I made a I don't know what kind of pick that was, but I just felt like the Bengals were going to be a little bit more offensively fiery uh, heading into this week against Chicago. But I was wrong. Yeah, you you mentioned the the Bears defense. I, I think that's going to be a pattern that's going to affect very similar to how I was talking about any any proficient offense against the Titans defense. I think the same thing you're going to find with the Chicago Bears or any strong defensive front. We're talking those front seven or front eight, depending on the packages you run. Anybody that has a strong front seven or front eight is going to disrupt this Bengals offense. Absolutely. We saw Joe Burrow at one point throw three interceptions. I mean, Roquan Smith comes back and turns one of them into a touchdown. Four sacks, uh, three interceptions in Joe Burrow's season so far. He is a five to four interception to touchdown ratio. That is not what you expected from adding a weapon like Jamar Chase. 
no doubt. You mentioned it. The chemistry is there. Whenever he has no time, which is going to be a recurring occurrence in this season, he knows how to get it to Jamar Chase. But those plays are going to be few and far between as he is just getting blasted all the time due to a lack of protection. I hope to see that offense step forward. I hope they can figure out a trade or or an improvement to their training, whatever they can, because you've got to protect that guy. We need players like Joe Burrow to be successful in the NFL, and I hope it can get done. On the other side of the ball, Justin Fields carried it. It obviously didn't get much worse with him in there, and that's that's really what I want to kind of say with Justin Fields. We don't know what we have there. Certainly there is a rushing upside, but there was also a fumble that was almost lost. So who really knows what is going to happen here? I I hope Justin Fields gets a shot, but you obviously don't want it to come at the expense that it cost uh, Andy Dalton to to get pulled out of the game. But there's a lot to like with Justin Fields um, in this offense. Darnell Moody leading leading the team in targets, six catches, 66 yards. No touchdowns, but that was obviously given to Allen Robinson, and I believe he had one of his pulled back as well. So this offense can get aerial. It opens up David Montgomery with some play-action runs. I think there's plenty to like with Justin Fields leading this offense. But we'll go ahead and move forward, and we'll mention one that you and I both got wrong last week against Green Bay. We really believe this Saints team was ready, and they all they were missing was a deep-throwing quarterback. That didn't seem to be the case this week as they took on the Carolina Panthers, who came away with the win. Jameis appears to be taking New Orleans in the full Jameis roller coaster cycle of five TDs last week and two interceptions this week, no touchdowns. Even rushing rushing yards, Alvin Kamara only comes away with eight carries. And, you know, they were playing from behind most of this game, so that makes sense. But fantasy managers not stoked for this game. I think there is plenty to love about the Carolina Panthers defense. I think they have been underrated and they could end up leaving this season as the most improved unit. Last year, you could run at will against Carolina. You could pass at will against Carolina. But I think this year, you know, Brian Burns is a lot of folks' dark horse pick for the defensive player of the year, certainly from an NFC standpoint. Uh, DJ Moore stepping up this year. A, A lot of folks believed that he had the yardage. He just needed to convert some of those into scores, and he does that th- uh, this past week with eight receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. It was a wonderful showing from Carolina, but Taylor, you, you saw this game. You you picked this game similar to I. What, what were your takeaways? Well, I mean, same as you in the sense that I think we really loved what we saw from the Saints, especially what they were able to do against Green Bay. So we didn't really expect the result we got against Carolina this this game, to me, said a whole lot more about Carolina than it actually said about New Orleans. I actually wouldn't, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, New Orleans sucks or anything, but New Orleans is, I think New Orleans is going to correct the things that, that, that happened, you know, I just, because that's just who Sean Payton is. He's just that brilliant of a coach. But I must say, this is more about Carolina. Carolina deserves so much of the, of the talk here. This defense is really, really good, really legit. I mean, to me, they they make the biggest noise in a lot of ways in this division just from their defense alone. So that makes the NFC South that interesting. I mean, so to to make a statement the way that you did against New Orleans, uh, I, I do look forward to those next games when, you know, you've got Atlanta is still a capable offense despite the the despite their record. And then 
Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see how Carolina stacks up against these, t- these next two opponents in their division. Um, and Sam Darnold has, has got to be so happy, and Carolina's got to be happy because this guy's playing great, great football. I'm, I'm happy for him, man. Like, I'm happy for him to get out of such a crappy situation with the New York Jets and come into the Carolina Panthers, and they've just, they believe in him. They're behind him. They've put their stock in him. And just look at how well Darnold is playing. I mean, there's just no question this guy was, you know, I, I can't actually remember. Was he the number one overall pick or the third overall pick? He was one of those top three. I can't recall either. Right. I know he was in the top three. So there's still reason to bet. Like, Darnold is just that good of a quarterback. He was just in a crappy situation with the Jets. But he comes here to the Panthers with a ton of weapons. I mean, great weapons, to be exact, to work with. And, and with uh, a really smart offensive guy in Matt Rule, I mean, there's just a, some really great takeaways to take from this Carolina team. But, bro, I love this defense. I love this Panthers defense. I love what I'm seeing. We're talking like a very, very improved team from just last year. I mean, there is a lot to be happy about if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. In a lot of ways, I feel like they kind of – I feel like there's like similar comparisons right now from a fan standpoint, like how you, you're, you were surprised by what you saw – uh, with the Raiders this year in the AFC, and then you're surprised by what you see with the Panthers. So there's just some good things to take away from this, and uh, Carolina's going to be feeling good. The fans should be really happy as well. I agree to your point. There was plenty to love from the Carolina Panthers. We'll figure out what we got with the Saints as we go forward. So lastly, our, our, our final beat of the week, you, you and I both came away with this week. I came with five. You came with six. However, the confidence meter makes it to where you're in the lead right now because your picks were more confidently and accurately picked. And that's much due. This is one of my locks that I, I got to explain myself, but I'm going to let you take the lead here. Tell me what you saw with the Ravens win over the Chiefs last night. Well, early on when that game was going, I just thought, man, you know, the immediate turnover, like you, it's, a, it's a full 60 minutes. You just can't jump to conclusions right away at the beginning of the game. But I will say, I, I just, because the Chiefs are, you know, my pick this year to win the Super Bowl. So from the very start, I just felt like, man, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with the Ravens, but they, they don't seem like the same team. And uh, I was just like, I just, I think the Chiefs are going to run away with this and put this away. Was texting with one of my good friends. You know, he's a Ravens fan. And, uh, you know, the end result, I, 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 Lamar Jackson is such a talented guy that when, when he is on, he is on. And it's just hard to, but the Ravens just, it, I feel like this whole team runs on the play of Lamar Jackson. So if Lamar is good and he's doing well, the Ravens are going to be okay. But if he's not playing well, then the Ravens are in trouble. Um, and that, that's pretty obvious. I didn't think defensively it's been good on either side, in my opinion. I, I'm just not really, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm not really happy with our defense. And same with the Ravens. The Ravens have not been playing well either defensively. So both of these teams have all the offensive prowess to, to get wins, but they both really do need to tighten up defensively really badly. But um, I think it was just a shocking, shocking win, uh, to say the least. The Ravens coming out on top against Kansas City, quite, quite a surprise to me. I just wasn't expecting that. But, 
Hey, I got to give credit though to to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I mean, just to have such a warrior grit to them and and getting this like getting this like Titan battle of a win is what it felt like. So I felt like this was a much needed statement win for the Ravens. Yeah, we we talk about the defenses going against the Chiefs. They're always going to have to pick a weapon that they want to suppress between Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And you know, let's not forget. Patrick Mahomes' legs can get he's almost guaranteed first down on any third down conversion but Tyreek Hill longest pass reception of the night seven yards comes away totally three catches 14 yards that is an easy way to keep the pace of this Chiefs offense more the pace that you prefer as we saw the Browns struggle so much with the previous week uh, Travis Kelsey, I got to give a shout out as a Raiders fan, has one of the most beautiful receptions for a touchdown. I believe it was 40 plus yards, follows his blockers at, at one point. Yeah, he's running behind three, three blockers, two of which are receivers. And I'm just this very moment. This guy is way too talented to have that kind of protection yeah. going into the end zone. And he carries it all the way there. But Lamar Jackson leading the lead or leading the team with 16 rush attempts, 107 yards rushing two touchdowns, one passing touchdown. You know, this rushing attack is still being figured out for Baltimore. Latavius Murray looks great. He comes away with a touchdown as well. But we're going to figure out what they want to do to let Lamar air it out. But in the meantime, Lamar rushing the ball can be very effective. And we saw that with John Harbaugh at the very end asking Lamar, does he want to do it? We obviously knew what Lamar was going to say. So maybe it was just a vote of confidence of, letting Lamar take the reins here. Lamar says, hell yes, I want to go for it. And it converts to a first down game over. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the other side of the ball, maybe not proving to be worth a lot of the draft pick value, has such a costly fumble. I don't know why you take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands late in the fourth quarter, but but that wraps up our week three losses so far. Let's go ahead and do a little bit of Monday night preview. We, I think, are going to be unanimous in this pick that an angry, pissed off Rodgers may be a little bit more powerful than a Dan Campbell led defense or Detroit Lions team. Taylor, you got any thoughts on this one? I mean, I'm expecting an angry, ready to fire out of the cannon Aaron Rodgers and this Packers team. Um, I am, you know, after last week, what Detroit did, I'm kind of curious to just see. Um, how they play building off of what they did week one. But I just, you know, it's just no comparison between the talent of these two teams. I fully expect Green Bay to to take this win. I just want to see how well Detroit is going to manage to play. I don't expect them to win. I'm just interested in seeing, okay, Jared Goff played pretty well his first game. So I just kind of want to, I'm just trying to see, have the Lions improved in some measures from what they've been the last few years with Patricia now with a new head coach and Dan Campbell? So I, I'm I'm not saying the Lions are, are good by any measure yet, but I just want to see how, how they're building and how they're improving with Dan Campbell as their head coach. But I'm telling you, this, is, this, this has to be a... Uh, I think the Packers, if they need to make a statement win here against a team like Detroit, that because, you know... With everything that went on this past offseason with the Packers and stuff, I think there's question and wonder, okay, how good are the Packers going to be this year? Um, It's not saying that I have doubts or anything of Rodgers and this team, but again, I think the Packers need to make a statement tonight, and I'm expecting them to make a statement tonight against the Detroit Lions with a big win. 
Totally. And Vegas seems to be in consensus with that. They have 11 and a half spread. So they expect it to be a win and they expect it to be a double digit win. So we'll see what they can do. Detroit throwed a lot, uh, showed a lot of fight last week against San Francisco. We'll figure out as Green Bay goes to play San Francisco next week what this Detroit team really is and what this Green Bay team is. But either way, we're looking forward to it. We have a Wednesday show coming up that will be published on Thursday, and that'll be our locks and close games of the week. In the meantime, we're going to try and throw as many of these recaps in just to explain ourselves what our thought process was going into our confidence picks, and we'll keep it going from there. All righty. Taylor, appreciate you. Talk to you soon.